we have just two weekends left of the NFL regular season. Let's finish out strong. Welcome into Fantasy Football Today DFS on Thursday, December 30th. I am Frank Stanfield, joined as always by Mike McClure and Sina Jad. Today on the podcast, we're going to deep dive each game on the Week 17 main slate. And it's a big one. 14K main slate. I was complaining to these guys before, and I've been building this rundown for like four and a half hours. There's just so many games, so many injuries, so many things to look up, but we will get to all of it. We'll have my dad's sneaky DFS picks, and of course, we will wrap up with our cheat sheet, which includes our favorite value, chalk, contrarian, and stack of the week. Before we get into all of it, I want to wish everybody a happy and healthy new year, and just a thank you to everyone who's listened, who's watched, who's supported us all season long. We really do appreciate you. Uh, and of course, if you want to play against us, you can find the link to our contest in the podcast and YouTube description. Mike, how you doing? How are you going to be celebrating your new year? Uh, I'm doing well. Sweating some college football <laughs> on the other screen. Uh, the, you know, the last minute of this first half is taking seemingly a half hour, as it always does. But uh I will be celebrating in New York City. I'll be yeah. flying to New York tomorrow morning with my girlfriend. It'll be a great time. I don't know what we're actually doing tomorrow night. Um, staying at one of my favorite places in the world, the Palace, and we'll go from there, see what happens. But it's going to be a good day. Every time I hear the Palace, I think of Malice at the Palace. It's just like the yeah. first place <laughs> that my mind goes. And I'm sure many people think the same exact thing. Mike, you know the deal. Just t- stay away. Stay away from Times Square. Don't do yep. it. I've heard the horror stories. People wearing adult diapers. They can't go to the bathroom. They're just uh, it's just absolutely disgusting. Stay away. Just stay away from that part of New York. See what's going on with you. How are you celebrating the New Year? Yeah, I did Times Square 20 years ago or so. And I was fortunate. Somebody had an apartment like near Times Square, so there wasn't much of a trek for us. But by the time we got down there, there were people for you know 10 blocks deep, and it was pretty much a disaster. So I uh, totally agree with that sentiment, Frank. Uh, not for me, especially in the cold weather. But um, yeah, for for I'm, I'm excited about the new year. I'm excited about football. I'm not really doing anything for the new year. I kind of told you maybe a couple episodes ago, I, I, can, I can be a buzzkill around the actual holiday day. And so I generally, you know, I, and I have kids too, so it's it's hard to get out and get a babysitter and all that boring stuff. So I'll just be watching football, which is honestly a 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah, Give me that all that, day. That's perfectly fine. It sounds like, you know, you, you've you lived it up. You've done it. You, you were there in New York. So look, I've lived in New York my whole life. I've never gone to see the ball drop and I am never going to do so. Uh, it's perfectly fine just watching it on television. Anyway, week 17. That's the reason why you're here. It's a 14 game main slate. No Thursday night football. We're recording this on Thursday. It feels weird that there's no football on Thursday, but it is what it is. There are no Saturday games as well. So that's why we have all those games on Sunday. We have two games as of now with a total over 50 points. That includes the Cardinals at Cowboys and the Chiefs at the Bengals. Both of those games are currently at 51 points. And then we have four double digit spreads. That includes the Bills laying 14 and a half points against the Falcons. The Pats are minus 16 hosting the Jaguars. The Bucks are 13 point favorites at the Jets and the 49ers are 12 and a half point favorites against the Houston Texans. COVID still going to have some situations here up in the air, but the NFL changed their COVID protocols the other day. Uh, so we are going to get players back sooner rather than later. They decreased the uh, period of 
where you need to stay away from the team from 10, ga- 10 days to five days. So uh, some players who were placed either this past weekend or early in the week, they will have a chance to return by Sunday. Let's jump right into our first game here, and that is the Chiefs at the Bengals. The Chiefs are five-point favorites with a 51-point total here. No surprise, but Clyde Edwards-Elair missed Thursday's practice, and it looks like he's trending towards being out in this game. Travis Kelsey has been activated off of the COVID list. For the Bengals, linebacker Logan Wilson and cornerback Jalen Davis are questionable in this game. Lots of different directions that you could go here in this spot. We have Patrick Mahomes, who's 7,800 on DraftKings, coming off back-to-back three touchdown games. And of course, Joe Burrow, who is 6,900, coming off a career performance, 525 yards, four touchdowns. Mike, we'll start with you. What is your favorite way to stack this game, Chiefs and Bengals? Yeah, it's going to be on the Kansas City side uh, once again, just because I think that the the pricing, it's close enough on Mahomes and Burrow that I'm going to go to the Patrick Mahomes side. Um, it's a really good test for uh, Joe Burrow, frankly, as good as this Kansas City defense has been of late. Uh, very interested to see, but I'm going to be off of Burrow personally. I'll be on the Kansas City side using some of Burrow's weapons as bringbacks uh, and just overall game stacks in general. Uh, but I do like Patrick Mahomes. I'll pay the elevated price tag. I like his handcuffs, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, both healthy. Game that they really, really, really want to win. They want to lock up that top seed. They want to have home field advantage. They want to have the bye. All of those things, incredibly important game for them. Uh, and I think it's going to be good, a competitive game. So I like Mahomes' side of it. I like Tyree Kill. I like Travis Kelsey. I like Pringle. And then I like Daryl Williams also as kind of an extension there, uh, just assuming that he's going to be the lead back in this one. All right. Yeah. Look, I think there are multiple different ways that you can go here. And it sounds like, uh, Mike, we know that you play five lineups per week. See, if, I, you probably play like between five and 10, I would say, right? Tournament lineups each week. Oh, tournament lineups, more like 10 to 12, I okay. would say. And then I have a, like three to four cash lineups. Okay. So yeah, there's there's multiple ways that you could go about stacking this game. And I, again, I think it's feasible to, to stack both sides. If you wanted to go Joe Burrow and both of his wide receivers with a Kelsey bring back, a Tyreek Hill bring back. If you wanted to go, I think it's viable to go with Kelsey and CJ Uzama in the same game. I mean, we talked about Uzama the other day. He's only 3,300 and he has a 17% target share over the past month. So yeah, I I think that's definitely doable. See which side are you looking at here? Uh, Or if you're looking at both sides, what is your favorite way to stack? Yeah, I'm definitely looking at both sides. And I think I'm going to have a lineup that's going to have the same stack I did last week, which of course was Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And just hope that that hits again. And and I I certainly think it's it's a viable stack, not just as viable as last week, but pretty close. So um, I, I like that side of it. I probably agree with Mike that I like the Patrick Mahomes side a little bit more, but I do like the savings you get on the Cincinnati side. So I think that, you know, it's it's six of one, half a dozen of the other, but at the same time, you are getting the savings on the Cincinnati side. But yeah, Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill makes a lot of sense. Um, I will say that Daryl Williams is going to be a fixture in a lot of my lineups, whether I'm stacking this game or not. And I probably will have one of my tournament lineups that has Daryl Williams in a stack with Patrick Mahomes because we know, A, that CEH, I mean, I don't know. We we broke this news on Tuesday, right? We were we were the medical team. We we said Ceh is not playing this weekend, and, and I, I we stand firmly by that. I don't. I just don't think that's going to happen. So I think Daryl Williams, he's going to get at least half of the carries, and he's going to get the passing down work. And even when Ceh was playing, he was getting a lot of work too. So I think they're going to lean on him quite a bit in this game. So Williams is definitely a fixture. I think if you decide you don't want to stack this game, 
you definitely want to do maybe what's called like a skinny stack, maybe get some pieces from each side. And if it was me and I was choosing one guy from each side, for example, it might be Daryl Williams just because of the savings I get off of like, let's say a Tyree kill. And then on the other side, maybe a T Higgins, unless you wanted to go kind of contrary and, and grab Joe Mixon. But I think the price difference between Chase and Higgins is really interesting. I think Chase has a higher ceiling, but it's really at this point, can you really say that? And we know that Higgins is getting the volume even more so than Chase. So I, I like the discount you're getting there. So I might have some lineups that stack something else and grab Daryl Williams, grab T Higgins. Maybe they also grab Byron Pringle, but I'm not, my, my point is, is get a piece of this game, whether you're stacking it or not. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to put it. If Even if it's not your main stack, say you want to go with the Cowboys and Cardinals, you want to game stack that one up. If you want a mini stack of Darrell Williams and T. Higgins, I think that correlation makes a ton of sense there. Obviously, the Chiefs are expected to be playing with the lead here, and we've seen what T. Higgins can do recently, his upside, uh, and obviously he's cheaper. He's $700 cheaper than Jamar Chase over on DraftKings. For me, if I'm spending up for, for one person on the Chiefs side, I, I really do like Travis Kelsey in this spot. The Bengals have struggled recently against tight ends. They've allowed a touchdown two-way tight end in six of their last eight games, and they've gotten absolutely destroyed by both George Kittle and Mark Andrews. Obviously, we know that Travis Kelsey is in a similar mold as those tight ends. Uh, Mike, anything else in this game in terms of just cash games? I know you've mentioned Darrell Williams. Are you using him in cash? Are you looking to use CJ Uzama in cash as well? Uh, yeah, I'll probably have both in cash. Uh, definitely double tight end weekend for me again. But I'm guessing at this point, and again, COVID news can change everything, especially the value running backs. But as of right now, Williams will be in 5 of 5, uh, 100% of my lineups, yeah. All right, let's move on to the Rams at the Ravens. The Rams are three and a half point favorites with a 46 and a half point total here. Daryl Henderson was placed on the IR. Safety Taylor Rapp and nose tackle Greg Gaines did not practice for the Rams. Center Brian Allen was limited. And then for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson was limited at Wednesday's practice and apparently was not moving well. And it comes out on Thursday that he did not practice at all. So it looks like trending towards another week that Lamar Jackson is going to be out. Tyler Huntley was activated from the COVID list and he is just $5,600. So I think that uh, could be a popular play there as well, rightfully so. The last time we saw him, he looked pretty damn good for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, a couple of the Ravens items here, cornerback Anthony Averett, uh, Ben Powers, wide receiver Marquise Brown, Alejandro Villanueva, all did not practice on Thursday. The Ravens are still really, really beat up here in this spot. Tough, tough spot going up against the... Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, even though they're at home. Uh, before we get into the stacks, I want to start with Sony Michelle real quick. He's 5,800 over on DraftKings, 7,100 on FanDuel. See, so, yeah, how do you feel about Sony Michelle? Are we eating the chalk when it comes to him? Currently projecting for, I believe, one of the top three running backs in terms of ownership on the slate. Definitely eating the chalk in cash. Uh, I think that's kind of an obvious statement given you know what what he is going to the work he's going to get knowing that Daryl Henderson out is out and Cam Akers probably not suiting up and if he does he'll be super low impact. So yeah, I, I'm going to play him in tournaments a little bit too. I, I just love the situation here. I mean, I think in tournaments, obviously, if I'm not stacking you know, Stafford and Cup or a double stack with Stafford and Cup and let's say Odell Beckham, I would probably rate those three receivers in that order. Cup. Beckham then Van Jefferson but my point is if I want to grab a piece of that game kind of like the Daryl Williams thing I just grab Sony Michelle out of it and call it a day and go to the stack that I that I really want to go with so I really really like Sony Michelle I mean keep in mind not only is he going to get the bulk of the work but he ran routes on 76 percent of Stafford dropbacks in week 16 I don't expect that to change if anything it'll go up a little bit and that's 73 percent over the last four weeks so he is the pass catching back so first second third down and he's 
he's shown some burst. Like we, you know, when he was with New England and the beginning of the season, we're kind of like, oh, same old Sony Michelle. But no, this is the guy that, you know, was at Georgia kind of dominating. So I like him a lot. Yeah. And look, it's worth mentioning Cam Akers is practicing. It sounds like maybe he'll be active in this game, but he's only five, six months removed from a torn Achilles. Even if he plays in this game, maybe he gets, you know, 10 to 15 percent of the snaps, three to five touches. I don't think that he's going to have a, a big role in this game. Regardless, Sony Michelle has 20 plus touches in four straight games, 19 red zone opportunities since week 13. That is third most in the NFL during that span. Let's get into our favorite stack combinations in this game. And we're loaded up top. Cooper Cup, 9,500. Mark Andrews, 7,400. The highest priced players at their respective positions fade them at your own risk. Mike, what do you think when it comes to Cooper Cup, Mark Andrews, and potentially stacking this game? Uh, I mean, it's hard not to like both of them, especially Cooper Cup. He just has such a high floor. I know Mark Andrews has been performing well. I've been on him pretty much every week that he's performed well, which has been very nice. However, I think this will be the time that I end up jumping off of the Mark Andrews train. Um, I think that it'll be more of a Hollywood Brown type game in, in this one, personally. So, on my bringbacks, I'll be looking to Marquise Brown. I'm going to basically swap right over to Travis Kelsey from Mark Andrews at this point. I think this is a great matchup for Travis Kelsey. Uh, I think that we'll finally see more of that people jumping on Mark Andrews a little bit just because of the natural bringback ability of Cooper Cup and Sonny Michelle, who we both project to be popular, especially Sonny Michelle. So I like Marquise Brown, depending on what happens at quarterback. If Huntley somehow doesn't go and it's Johnson again, then I would definitely look to Rashad Bateman, uh, who those two seem to have a ton of chemistry together. But as of right now, it's Marquise Brown for me on the Ravens side. A lot of Sonny Michelle. It'll be Sonny Michelle, Daryl Williams combinations at running back and cash games. Um, probably not going to end up with any Mark Andrews, though, at this point. All right. Marquise Brown, Mike, uh, didn't practice on Thursday. There's, I'm not seeing a reason for it. Uh, there is one thing here that yeah. says undisclosed. So I guess we'll see what happens on Friday. You mentioned Rashad Bateman. Let's just say, for some reason, Marquise Brown is out in this game, but Tyler, Hunt, Tyler Huntley is starting. Uh, would you still like Rashad Bateman in this spot? He's only 4,800. Uh, I think it's okay, but if Brown is out, um, just knowing that he's going to draw all of the attention then at that point, I, I think I would probably pass at 4,800 just because I think the ownership would tick up just enough that I would feel just as good about saving a little money and playing someone like Byron Pringle, who I still think could get left out on this slate. Um, so I, I, that's where I would be on it. Right. I only want Bateman if Brown is in. Okay. Uh, see ya. You are up. Uh, how are you looking to stack this game, if at all? Matthew Stafford is 7,100. And again, this Ravens secondary, their defense is absolutely beat up. So are you looking to potentially stack Stafford with Cooper Cup, maybe another pass catcher? Maybe do it with Sony Michelle as well and just kind of run a full-on uh, Rams onslaught here. Yeah, and so this is why, you know, when I say I, I run like 10 to 12 tournament lineups, you know, let's say three of those 10 lineups that I do might be a, like a slight variation of what you were just talking about, where I have Matthew Stafford with Sony Michelle and Cooper Cup. And then I have one with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham. And then maybe a crazy one that actually eliminates Cooper Cup and, and just runs Stafford with Odell Beckham and Van Jefferson. And you just hope for a ho-hum game from Cup and that the touchdown equity goes to, to the, the second and third wide receiver there. I, I think an interesting option, though, if Huntley is playing, which is what I expect, and he's 5,600 on DraftKings, I think, you pair him with Mark Andrews, and then you bring it back with two options on the Rams. Let's say Sony Michelle and one of the receivers. Um, I think that could get interesting just because you're saving so much money with 
um, you're saving so much money with with Huntley that you could potentially, with the other value on the board, you get Andrews, you get Cooper Cup, you get Sony Michelle, who presents good value, and maybe you could still make your lineup work. Just something to consider. All right, so I'm punching some stuff in now. Let's see how this works out. Uh, I don't know. Who is who's a cheap defense that we like this week? I haven't even looked at defense, to be honest. Uh, Washington is 2,500, I believe. Yeah, at home against the Eagles, who apparently everybody thinks the Eagles are world beaters now, and Washington's the worst team mm-hmm. in the NFL because of what they saw on national television. But uh, <laughs> the defense is still in play, in my opinion. All right, so if you run Tyler Huntley to Mark Andrews with Cooper Cup and Sony Michelle on the bring back, CJ Uzama at your flex, so you got dual tight end, Washington football team defense, 2,500, and Daryl Williams as your RB2 at 5,800. You have $5,050 remaining for your other two wide receiver spots. So if you find a cheap wide receiver you like, a Zay Jones or a Byron Pringle, then you could probably get someone around the 6K range, something like that. It's not bad. Yeah, I think it's a, a pretty interesting build uh, this mm-hmm. upcoming week. Let's move on to the Bucks at the Jets. The Bucks are 13-point favorites with a 45.5-point total. Mike Evans returned to practice on Thursday. Shaq Barrett, Richard Sherman, Antoine Winfield, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Antonio Brown did not practice on Thursday. Antonio Brown apparently dealing with an ankle injury. Their head coach, Bruce Arians, is on the COVID list. And then on the Jets side of things, Jamison Crowder did not practice Thursday. Elijah Moore is eligible to return this week. And head coach Robert Sala gave him about a 50-50 chance to play. Uh, He's dealing with a quad injury, so we'll see what happens on Friday. I think that'll be a big day uh, in determining the status of Elijah Moore. The Bucs wide receivers... Basically up in the air right now. We have Mike Evans, who is a 7K. Antonio Brown, 6,100. We'll see what happens if Antonio Brown can practice. But, uh, Mike, we'll start with you. How do you feel about the Bucks in this spot? Uh, I guess really just their entire offense. You know, Tom Brady, he's three touchdowns away from 40. He has some familiarity playing in MetLife when he was there in the AFC East. He's 7,600. We still have Ronald Jones with Leonard Fournette on the IR. And now this wide receiver situation is a little bit murky. So how are you handling the Bucks? offense situation. Yeah, I love the Bucks offense. Uh, Antonio Brown, 100% of lineups again. He's just $2,000 too cheap. It's literally a free square as long as he's active. So I will be playing him in 100% of lineups. Um, assuming that he is active and everything looks good, I will also have Tom Brady double stacked with Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski. I think you can pretty comfortably account for most of the targets going in those directions. I do think he will have his three touchdowns in the game being Tom Brady. Uh, get to 40 there. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it's a great spot and opportunity for him to do so. So that's where I'm going to be. I'm not going to go to Ronald Jones. I think he's an okay tournament pivot if you want to get away from Williams and Stoney Michelle, maybe Devin Singletary, who looks like he could be a little popular. Uh, but for me, it'll be Antonio Brown everywhere and then one lineup of Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski. All right. See, how are you looking to handle this Bucks offense? Because it sounds like Mike is uh, is fading Mike Evans, even if he's in the game here. So how do you feel about Mike Evans if he plays? Uh, and Ronald Jones at his price tag, 6300 How does he compare against other running backs that are in that price range? Yeah, I agree with Mike. I, I'm not really comfortable playing Mike Evans. I mean, you, you know, when when you're reading the the sort of the injury status of Evans, you know, we, we know he was pulled off the COVID-19 list or activated from it, but he still suffered that hamstring injury in week 15. And, and I'm actually surprised he practiced today. So uh, again, like I, I don't really know what the status of the hamstring is, but I don't have a ton of confidence unless I hear he was flying around in practice and I happen to see video of that or, or it's just common knowledge that he's a full go. 
then I would absolutely consider him. And it would make my confidence in Tom Brady stacks a little bit higher. But for, and I mean, Tom Brady to Mike Evans and Antonio Brown, for example, like that could be against the Jets, that could be pretty amazing. So for now, I'm off of him. I agree about Antonio Brown. We'll obviously have to vet, you know, why he mispracticed today. But as of now, he seems like such a, you know, a smash play at 6,100, just like he was last week. I do like Ronald Jones this week, especially against the Jets. Um, his performance was a little weak last week, but I, honestly, this game could it's the type of game where Ronald Jones really could see a lot of carries. I know Keyshawn Vaughn is getting worked in a little bit, but I do like Ronald Jones at 6,300 and I do like Antonio Brown. Other than that, I don't think I'm going to be getting to Gronkowski. I will say this as a flyer, knowing that Antonio Brown really got all the targets. I mean, he got 50% of the targets last week and really nobody else did. I think Cyril Grayson was the guy who, who, had, who was the next best in targets and he had three. Uh, Gronk only had two. I guess maybe Cameron Brait had a handful of targets as well. My point is, Part of the reason that Grayson was the second in targets is because Brashad Perryman wasn't active. I believe he was on the COVID list. So I actually think what's going to happen if Mike Evans doesn't play is you're going to see Antonio Brown and Brashad Perryman in two wide receiver sets. And against the Jets, that could really pop. So Brashad Perryman as a flyer, as somebody as a cost saver that could pop with a high ceiling, um, somebody to consider, keep an eye on. Brashad Perryman, 4,300 over on DraftKings in a revenge game against the New York Jets. Speaking of those Jets, Sia, is there anyone here that you like? Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, if he manages to return. Uh, Braxton Berrios, if Moore is out, if Crowder is out, he's only 3,700. It's a 14-game slate. I'm not fishing for guy, for Jets, so the answer is no. All right, let's move on to the Eagles at the Washington football team. The Eagles are three-point favorites with a 45-point total. Miles Sanders has been ruled out with that broken hand. Jordan Howard did not practice Wednesday, but was back at practice on Thursday. For the Washington football team, Antonio Gibson did not practice dealing with a hip injury now, so it's it's always something. It's a hip, it's a foot, it's a toe. There's a lot going on for Antonio Gibson. Cornerback uh, William Jackson, defensive end Montez Sweat dealing with a personal issue, uh, did not practice on Thursday as well. Mike, with Miles Sanders out, what is your interest level in either Jordan Howard, 5,200, or Boston Scott, 4,900? Uh, I don't have much interest in either. I think that they're fine in deeper tournaments, but... I'm very much set where I'm at at running back, which is going to be Daryl Williams. Um, so I don't think I'm going to have anyone in this game. If I do, it would be Antonio Gibson uh, at his price point. But I am completely off of the Philadelphia Eagles personally. Uh, just so many ways that they can score, so many ways that they can do things. I'm not playing Jalen Hurts on this kind of slate. So if you like him, I think that they're fine. If you have a good read on which back is going to land in the end zone, I, I think that's great. You should obviously play them but I'm not going to play that roulette game personally just because I think that there are a lot of options there for them still, even with Sanders out. So for me, I'm going to stick to where I'm at at running back. I don't think I'm going to end up with anyone in this game. All right. See, how do you feel about this game uh, in terms of the Eagles passing attack? Jalen Hurts is 6,600. Last time he faced Washington, he ran in for two touchdowns. He had something like 29 DK points. Devontae Smith is coming off of a big game. He's 6,300. Dallas Goddard is 5,100 in that mid-tier, and he did go over 100 yards last time he faced Washington. How do you feel about the Eagles and anything on the Washington football team set? No, this is another game. I'm very comfortable just completely sidestepping. I mean, I think you can make an argument for Boston Scott at 4,900, depending on how the injury situation shakes out with Jordan Howard specifically. Obviously, Miles Sanders is out. 4,900, I mean, th that's certainly value. I mean, they're going to be going to him quite a bit. So I kind of like him if you need the cash, so to speak. 
Other than that, I mean, let's keep in mind this game's at Washington. And, and even though the Washington secondary is pretty terrible, the front seven is still pretty good. So I don't really see Jalen Hurts having the type of success that Dak had because, frankly, he's not that type of quarterback. I think that's kind of off. In fact, I'm not even sure I know the difference between Jalen Hurts and Taysom Hill. If, now that I think about it, I mean, do, let, let me ask you guys, is is Jalen Hurts a better quarterback than Taysom Hill? And if so, is it marginal? Am I crazy for even asking the question? I don't, I don't think you're crazy, but I do think Jalen Hurts is a better pure passer. Just my opinion. I, and, and it's more so about Taysom Hill being as bad as he is, more so than okay. Jalen Hurts actually being that good. I don't know if you have a different answer, Mike. Uh, I mean, I'm very low on Jalen Hurts. I, I I don't think he's a quarterback in the NFL. Like, I just don't. But it's just, yeah, I've, we can talk about that for a long time. <laughs> and I know we'll have lots of comments, lots Sorry. of hot takes to be thrown around. But uh, yeah, not a Jalen Hurts fan. I don't think he's very good at all. All right. Yeah, and that's and that's all I have to say about this game too. So we can definitely move on. All right, we got the Raiders at the Colts. Whoa, what just happened, Mike? Liquid death. Ooh. You got me fired up. I got I got to cool <laughs> off a little bit. There's only one way to cool off, and that's with a nice cold liquid death. I was talking to these guys beforehand, and my fiance works in the city, and I told her, hey, check out a Trader Joe's, see if you can find me a liquid death. You know, I'm tired of being left out. I, I've got some serious FOMO here. I want to drink some liquid death on the podcast, and. Nothing. They didn't have it. Uh, I guess it was all sold out. I, I don't know. <laughs> but I tried. I tried, guys. Uh, let's move on to the next game. We have the Raiders at the Colts. The Colts are six and a half point favorites with a 44 and a half point total. A must win game. You're going to hear that, I think, for a lot of teams this time of year. But it truly is a, mu- a must win game for, for both teams in terms of playoffs, trying to get in or, or trying to uh, stay in their current positioning. For the Raiders, 11 players are currently on the COVID list, including Darren Waller, who was added on Wednesday. He still has a chance to play. But he he needed those practice reps because he's dealing with this knee injury. So I think it's a, a pretty long shot at this at this point for Darren Waller to suit up in Week 17. For the Colts, they have six players on the COVID list, including Carson Wentz. He does have a chance to return Sunday as well, given this new five-day quarantine rule. Uh, Jack Doyle, offensive lineman Eric Fisher, and safety Andrew Sandejo did not practice here on, I believe it was Wednesday. Didn't see their Thursday practice report yet. Are we looking to play Jonathan Taylor? Not even going to ask Mike because <laughs> I know he's not playing Jonathan Taylor. Uh, see you. How do you feel about him? He's 9K on DraftKings. He's 10K on FanDuel, the highest price running back on both sites. Yeah, I might be back in on Jonathan Taylor. On on Tuesday, I was a little lukewarm. And, and honestly, like it, it obviously depends. I mean, if I'm trying to get like Cooper Cup and, and some of the in Mark Andrews, there's just no way you can fit in Jonathan Taylor. So, you know, the, the thing is, is his offensive line is getting healthy. And Wentz looks like if I had to call it, I'd say there's like a 60 40 chance he plays because we know he has the ability to clear with the new rules, I believe, Sunday morning. So maybe we'll get some sort of announcement. If, if Wentz plays, I, I'm not worried about him not being able to practice. Looks like Quentin Nelson is back. It looks like Ryan Kelly is back. I think we might have to wait in here on Eric Fisher. I'm not exactly sure what his status is. But with a healthy offensive line and Carson Wentz, okay, at that point, I'm back in on Jonathan Taylor, and I'm going to have to bring him into some of my lineups. Uh, outside of that, uh, I'm not really a big fan of, of anybody here. Obviously, Pittman is an absolute target monster. I'm just not so sure they're going to need him. I don't think Vegas is going to really – press the Colts from a scoring point standpoint. So that's why I'm kind of fixated on Jonathan Taylor. Side note, the Vegas implied total is 19. I'm not sure why it's that high, given how much they've scored over the last four games. Additional side note, and I promise I'll stop talking. Washington's plus three and a half and the over under there is 45. I kind of like the plus three and a half and the under in that game. I just wanted to throw that out there. All right, Mike, how do you feel about the rest of the Colts here? Talk about it from both per- both 
perspectives. So let's say that Carson Wentz is out. We have Sam Ellinger, who is 4,500. Uh, and obviously, Michael Pittman, while they don't have a lot of pass volume, when they throw the ball, it's been to Michael Pittman. He has a 40% target share since week 13. Uh, and what happens if Carson Wentz is in? How does that uh, affect what you're doing here uh, with the Indianapolis Colts? Yeah, so if Carson Wentz is out, uh, I'll take tournament flyers on Naeem Hines. Uh, he's someone I'd rather play than the Philadelphia running backs. He's 5,200. Uh, just would expect to see more of him on the field in those situations. Uh, shorter passes, easier passes. They're going to get creative if Carson Wentz can't play. You'll see situations where they run wildcat with him and Jonathan Taylor both on the field at the same time. And we've already seen him do it several times in the red zone this season. So that's where my interest would lie, would be in tournaments with Naeem Hines. Uh, no one's going to play him. Single-digit ownership. He can score 10 fantasy points plus in any game anyway. Um, so I like him in this spot. If Wentz is in, I'm probably completely off of the game. Other than I could see using Zay Jones maybe just a little bit more. Is I, I think that the passing volume would be there. Uh, more consistently on the Raiders side. The only other side note um, where I could have some interest, and I think the whole entire industry can potentially, is Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell came back to practice for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, if he, for some reason, is activated, I don't know if he will be, but if he is, we have no clue if he's going to have to work his way back ahead of Ashton Doolin again or not, or if he's just going to reassume that role. But if he is activated and we have some sort of good news there, he is the bare minimum 3K. Uh, he's certainly someone who is capable of having that. Well, it might only be two catches, but it could be the 60-yard bomb where they have a play-action play. That's kind of how they used him before. So I just wanted to mention it because it's the absolute bare minimum price. But most likely, the only piece I grab in this game is going to be Zay Jones, uh, just as the last guy in for similar reasons to why I like Paris Campbell. All right, see, do you have any interest in the Raiders side of things? Hunter Renfro is 6,500. He's kind of fallen off the past couple of weeks. Josh Jacobs, 6,200. Pretty safe floor, 11-plus DK points in six straight games. If you're looking for a punt-wide receiver, I know you mentioned his name on Tuesday's podcast, Zay Jones. He's 3,900, and he has a 20% uh, target share since week 12. I did just see that Brian Edwards was activated off the COVID list, so it looks like he'll be back for this game, but... There was a lot of those games where Brian Edwards was still playing and, and Zay Jones was still seeing targets. So uh, I think he's perfectly fine as a, as a 3,900 punt. Uh, what do you think, Tia? Yeah, I think I totally agree. The only guy I would consider on the Raiders side is Zay Jones at 3,900. 24 targets over his last three games. Last week, he actually saw more snaps than even Hunter Renfro. So he's just on the field all the time. I don't think Brian Edwards is going to really impact that. The only problem with Zay Jones is I question his ceiling, given that I don't think they're going to be doing a lot of scoring in that game. So it's kind of like a safe-ish type cash play, in my opinion, if you if you need the money. But in tournaments, again, I just question the ceiling for Zay Jones. Yeah, I think it's kind of similar to how we've treated Laquan Treadwell the past couple of weeks. You're not mm -hmm. expecting a big game, but if you want a five for 50, I think that's something that you can... Uh, maybe expect there out of Zay Jones. Let's move on to the Falcons at the Bills. The Bills are 14 and a half point favorites with a 44 point total here. Let's pay attention to the weather as we get closer as well. 23 degrees in Buffalo, overcast, 13 mile per hour winds. That's the projection for Sunday as of now. You know, obviously things can change this time of year. For the Falcons, they have 10 players on the COVID list, including Hayden Hurst and Tajay Sharp. Their cornerback, Fabian Moreau, did not practice. And then for the Bills, 
so much for Isaiah McKenzie because Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis are back. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders did not practice on Thursday, but is likely a veteran day for him. Uh, Mike, anybody, are you looking at a uh, Bills Onslaught stack? They have the second, I believe second, yep, second highest implied team total on the slate. Uh, and obviously we know what they're capable of. They're going up against a pretty bad defense here with the Falcons. How do you feel about the Bills? I don't feel great about it, just considering all those guys are coming back at the same time. You mentioned the weather forecast. Uh, you also know at this point, like, yes, they do tend to throw more, although in the last few weeks we've seen them start to run the ball a little bit more. Um, so I'm not looking to stack them really at all. I, I like Devin Singletary quite a bit. I won't say love, but I like him. Uh, he's right in that area with Daryl Williams, Sonny Michelle. Uh, probably rated third right after those two, but I, I do like him. I will be playing him in at least one, uh, but I'm not going to go on and full on stack the team. They're, the beauty is there are there are 14 games on the slate. There are three to four teams that I could see onslaught stacking more. One of them we already talked about, Tampa Bay. I think I'd rather onslaught with Tampa Bay th than Buffalo at this point. So I'm mostly off of it other than Devin Singletary. I think that I, I love that he was involved in the passing game. I know it was because they were a little bit banged up at wide receiver, but I saw some really good things there. And I actually think if you watch the game, you saw Josh Allen actually enjoyed being able to kind of check down to a running back and, and feel comfortable doing it for the first time in a while. Uh, so I would kind of expect to see a little bit more of that going forward from them. Um, so I, I like Singletary, but I don't think I could talk myself into anyone else. All right, Devin Singletary is 5,400 over on DraftKings. He has 16-plus touches in three of his last five games. He has 14 targets over his last three games, and he has 11 red zone opportunities over his last two. So uh, he's he has that valuable role where he's seeing targets and being used in the red zone as well. See ya. How do you feel about the Bills? Uh, this might be a spot where, with all the names coming back, maybe you look to run a uh, Josh Allen naked here where you don't really stack him up with anybody else. What are you thinking? Absolutely. Uh, that's probably how I'm going to end up playing Josh Allen. I'm not going to be playing a lot of it because I am a little, a little worried about this this spread of 14 and a half. And it's just one of those things where even though in positive game scripts or neutral game scripts, Josh Allen still throws. I, I just with with Devin Singletary starting to step up a little bit. I think the range of outcomes just it, I just feel like it's going to be more of a conservative game plan than, than your typical Buffalo Bills game. So I'll probably run one lineup with Josh Allen, probably naked and then just sort of call it a day. I like Devin Singletary. I think with this type of spread, with Atlanta just only having a 14.75 implied total, um, I don't know, maybe Moss gets some run in the second half and takes away a little bit from Devin Singletary. That, that's kind of a watch out for me. I will say this. If you do want to stack Josh Allen, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. Listen, their implied total is almost 30 points. But if you do want to stack him and you're just like you're trying to figure out you know, who to play, okay, so first of all, Stefan Diggs is an obvious option. He is not going to get shadowed by A.J. Terrell. A.J. Terrell does not shadow. So A.J. Terrell will see a lot of Stefan Diggs, but it won't be a shadow situation. And by the way, does that even matter for Stefan Diggs? The other thing I did want to say is if you're like Isaiah McKenzie, he probably gets bumped out by Cole Beasley. So if you're looking for an Emmanuel Sanders, I think you might have said it didn't practice today. If he's not on the field, I think the beneficiary out of this group is probably probably Gabriel Davis at 5K. I think he likely in three wide receiver sets lines up outside with Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley plays the slot. All right. I think if I'm personally looking at, at stacking the Bills side, I would go 
quarterback, running back, wide receiver one. I, I would go Josh Allen, Singletary, Stephon Diggs uh, for me. Just try and get, uh, try and cover all bases there against this Falcons defense. And Frank, let me point just one other thing out because I think people listening, they're going to be like, well, what about Dawson Knox? He's been incredible. Uh, he's led all tight ends in routes run. Uh, at least last week, he led all tight ends in routes run. And he's getting a lot of like important looks. The problem is, you know, who do you who? There's too many guys here, which is all the more reason, Frank, to go back to what you said in terms of playing Josh Allen naked. But I just, I'd be remiss if I didn't just mention Dawson Knox at 5,500 on DraftKings. He certainly makes sense as part of a stack. Yeah, I think for me this week, the way the tight end position is shaping out is either spend up or spend all the way down. I, I think that's what I'm, I'm currently looking at doing here. Uh, anyone on the Falcon side see you? Um, no, I, I'm not interested. I mean, I, Russell Gage at 5,600, I guess that kind of makes sense. Uh, I'm not paying up for Pitts, and I'm not paying for Patterson or Mike Davis, so it's a no for me. All right, we have the Jaguars at the Patriots. The Patriots are 16-point favorites here with a 41.5-point total. The Jaguars currently have 24 players on the COVID list as of Thursday. Of course, that can change by the time we get to Sunday. Uh, that includes LaVisca Chenault, Josh Allen, and multiple offensive linemen. James Robinson tore his Achilles last week. He's done for the season. James O'Shaughnessy did not practice on Wednesday. I didn't see their Thursday practice report yet. The Patriots, six players on the COVID list, including their outside linebacker, Matthew Judon, and then Shaq Mason, Yadni Kajust, and Nelson Aguilar did not practice on Thursday. Um, Mike, we have Damian Harris coming off a, a three-touchdown game. He's 6,600. The problem is that Ramondre Stevenson is back. I'm assuming that we're out. Yeah, totally out here. Um, I, I think that if you wanted to just get crazy, if you wanted to play Harris, I would honestly consider playing both Harris and Stevenson and just hope that they just absolutely crush them on the ground, take all the rushing points. But the, there's too many running backs on the slate. The slate is too big. That's a move that you could pull on a like a playoff slate where there's four games total. Then you can start to do things like that. But with this size of slate, for me and what the way I play at five lineups, there, there's no way I can get to this game. All right, um, see ya. Any, I, anything yeah, else? I just gonna say, if I did, it's Laquan Treadwell as a last man in, but they're like, I'm not getting to Treadwell over Pringle in that environment. So yeah, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, Treadwell finally priced up to 4K, and I say priced up to 4K. Still, obviously, uh, not that high of a price tag. Uh, see anything here? I'm other names we haven't mentioned yet. Jacoby Myers, he's fine, 5100. Dario Gumbawale looks like he's going to step in as the starting running back. He is 5100. And if you want to spend up on defense, I, I think the Pats defense could absolutely demolish the Jaguars, but they are expensive at 3900. Yeah, the Pats defense is in play. I'll probably pass on, I know I mentioned him on Tuesday, but I'll pro probably pass on Agumba Wale. Um, uh, the only thing I'll say about Damian Harris and R Ramondre Stevenson is if, if we hear that, and we've heard this a lot in the last couple of weeks, that Ramondre coming off COVID, just you, you couldn't give it a full go in practice on you know Thursday or Friday, and, and it's looking like it's going to be Damian Harris as the bell cow, and maybe a week from now, it's Ramondre Stevenson once he gets back. If we hear anything like that, then keeping in mind that the, the implied point total for the New England Patriots is close to 29, it would make a lot of sense to just go ahead and take the gamble on Damian Harris if you think or if there's an indication that Ramondre is only going to get, let's say, six to eight carries, for example. In that case, I think Damian Harris is fully back in play against this Jacksonville defense, but I agree with Mike for now. I'm off everybody in this game. All right, the Patriots, you mentioned that implied team total tied with the Cowboys for the third highest on this entire slate. Before we hit the break, just want to remind everyone, you can join our FFT DFS contest, 150 entries, $5 to enter. The top 15 gets paid out. The link is in the podcast 
and YouTube description. And if you listen to us on Spotify, please uh, feel free to leave a five-star rating. They've recently implemented that on Spotify. So if you do listen to us there, uh, we would highly appreciate that support. We'll take a quick break. We got seven games down, seven to go. We'll come back here on Fantasy Football Today DFS. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so let's jump back into the Dolphins at the Titans. The Titans are three-and-a-half-point favorites with a 40-point total. And for Miami, they have seven players on the COVID list, including Preston Williams and nose tackle Adam Butler. And then for the Titans, they have nine players on the COVID list, including Julio Jones, Nick Westbrook-Akina, uh, Danico Autry and Bud Dupree. I really don't have much interest in this game. Obviously, it's a lower total uh, here at 40. But I will say this. Maybe in a tournament lineup, you, you play a mini stack of A.J. Brown and Jalen Waddle. if this game somehow starts to shoot out between those two. A.J. Brown is 7,200. Jalen Waddle is 6,700. Mike, what do you think about that? Yeah, I actually have interest in this game. I like both of those guys. Uh, I like A.J. Brown a lot. Uh, I do like Waddle. I'm very interested to see if he continues to take over the target share. Uh, you know, in that last game, he clearly was the alpha. We kind of thought Devontae Parker might take back some of that role, but it was definitely Waddle. Uh, I like this game to shoot out a little bit, to be honest with you. I, I played the over on it, uh, over on Sportsline. Um, I, I think that both of these teams still have the ability to score. I think their defenses are good enough that you're going to see some shorter fields too created by those defenses at times. So I, I love AJ Brown. I think the targets are going to be there for him to at least pay off his tag, but wouldn't shock me if he's one of the highest scoring receivers on the slate. All right. AJ Brown currently projecting for 14% ownership, which is higher than I thought it would be, but Jalen Waddle on the other side, just 6%. He has eight plus receptions in four straight games. Uh, I do like Jalen Waddle quite a bit myself. Sia, what do you think? I, I I don't think that there's personally anything outside of those two wide receivers in this game. Uh, totally. Oh, other than Miles Gaskin, you mean? I'm just joking. <laughs> Sorry. That's my, that's my joke for the show. Uh, you're welcome. Jalen Waddle and AJ Brown. Yeah. So I personally don't think I'm going to get there with Jalen Waddle. A.J. Brown, I'm going to have to fit into some lineups. I'm a little discouraged at this this total of 40. I mean, it's so low. I agree with Mike that you're probably looking at the over here, but I do have to like pay attention to this total. I can't just outright ignore it. And so I, I just I wonder what sort of the, the pace of play and what the game plan is going to be on the Tennessee side. What I will say is that the Dolphins love to blitz, and they're probably going to leave Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, at least in certain situations, on an island with A.J. Brown, which is a really bad idea. But the cool thing is it's been successful for the Dolphins as of late over the last, let's say, seven games or so. So I don't think they're afraid to do that. They're not afraid of A.J. Brown. And that's sort of a perfect spot for A.J. Brown to be and anybody who wants to roster him this week. So that's really like A.J. Brown, I think, is definitely I don't want to say he's boom or bust, but, you know, given the the. The point total, like I'm a little shy with respect to playing him, but I'm definitely going to play him. I definitely agree with Mike that he is he has absolute like smash potential. So I'm not going to have a lot of him. I'm going to have some of him though. Yeah, I just want to say basically look at uh, Antonio Brown last week. That's likely the state of the Titans' offense in this game. Uh, he's going to see press man coverage. 
AJ Brown is a grown man. He mm-hmm. will thrive in press man coverage as long as Ryan Tannehill is has enough time to get him the football. One thing we love about Ryan Tannehill is he's actually sneaky quick, sneaky fast. He has the ability to move. I think that we see a few big plays to A.J. Brown in this game, which is why I like the total, frankly, because of the big playability there, the big playability on the other side to Waddle, and then the defenses are good, but I do think they create short fields. I think that we'll still see quite a few fantasy points in this one. All right, next up we have the Giants at the Bears. The Bears are six-point favorites with a 37-point total here. Uh, The Giants have five on the COVID list, including Darius Slayton. Kadarius Toney did not practice on Thursday. Saquon Barkley and Kyle Rudolph were limited. For the Bears, three on the COVID list, including Akeem Hicks. Justin Fields was limited at practice, and we still don't know who the quarterback is going to be in this game on the Bears side of things. Last week, it was Nick Foles. Andy Dalton is back. There's a chance Justin Fields could play. So it's pretty much a mess outside of David Montgomery, who is 6,500 and is currently projecting for the most, the highest ownership among running backs, 26% on this slate. And I think given his role... It makes sense. So, uh, see ya. David Montgomery looking like a smash play in cash games this week. You said it perfectly because I think at this point, knowing what his ownership is, and I was wrong on Tuesday, by the way, I thought people were going to be slightly intimidated by the $6,500 price tag, not because that's super high, but because it's associated with David Montgomery. I just don't think, I just didn't think people would be that fast to play him, but clearly they're seeing the targets he's getting. They're seeing the, uh, the carries that he's getting and, and they're putting two and two together against a bad New York Giants run defense. So I'm all in on cash. Love it for cash. I think I'm probably out now in tournaments, though. I'm not really afraid of benching David Montgomery in my GPPs. Yeah, I think maybe if you're going to do it in a single entry or something like that, you do it with the Bears defense. Mike, I know that's something you've mentioned before, where if you're going to play a a chalky running back, then then pair him up with the defense there. And the Bears are 3,200. Obviously, they're going up against the Giants, who uh, are quite bad. It doesn't matter. Mike Lennon, Jake Fromm, whoever it is, uh, I think their defense could take advantage there. Is there anything else in this game, Mike? Maybe Cole Komet? Or how how do you feel about David Montgomery? So I like Montgomery. There's two ways I'll be handling it. Um, In a tournament, if I were to play him, I would pair him with the Bears defense. If in cash games, say you wanted to play Daryl Williams and Sony Michelle and you didn't want to play David Montgomery, then I would probably take it a step further and play the Giants defense in in that lineup. Uh, just to really apply some of the leverage in case Montgomery doesn't have a great game, in case they do shut out the Bears a little bit. Um, both of the defenses are in play, though. I, I like the Bears' defense. I like the Giants' defense. Uh, it's low scoring, basically going to play like a Big Ten football game. Uh, I like it a lot. So I like Montgomery, though. The issue is, is the ownership is rising. Um, you know, I'm not going to play um, Damian Williams. Or not Damian Williams, uh, Damian Harris, excuse me. Um, same team, Damian Harris. I'm not going to play him, but if you like Damian Harris, I would consider swapping to Damian Harris over David Montgomery in tournaments now just because of the ownership levels. Okay, let's move on to the afternoon games. We have the Cardinals at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are five and a half point favorites with a 51 point total. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams respond. Obviously, the Cowboys are coming off of a huge blowout win on national TV. And then we have the Cardinals who have lost three games in a row. For the Cardinals, four players on the COVID list, including outside linebacker Devon Kennard. James Conner and Rondell Moore were at practice on Thursday. Defensive end Jordan Phillips and cornerback Marco Wilson 
did not practice. And then for the Cowboys, left tackle Tyron Smith, wide receiver Malik Turner, and defensive end to Marcus Lawrence were limited here on Thursday. Big total, lots of firepower in this game. Sia, how are we looking to stack this game if we are looking to stack this game? Obviously, uh, the Cowboys are especially in a good spot coming off that blow win, and the Cardinals' defense has been struggling. They've allowed the second-most fantasy points to wide receivers over the past month, and we have some really good ones here with CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. Quick uh, just bit of advice to to those listening. So there's several different ways you can play DFS, NFL DFS, obviously. You can play the main slate. We've talked about you can play the early slate. You can play the afternoon slate. I, I strongly recommend if you're playing, if you're willing to play several lineups, maybe you pick one or two from the early or particularly the afternoon slate. But the reason I bring this up is because I had a little fun last week when my Washington football team was getting completely demolished by the Dallas Cowboys. I actually did an in-game showdown, which is, for those of you that don't know, that's just playing the second half of a game that's already started. And I had Cooper Rush and Malik Turner in there, and it ended up cashing. My point is, there are so many options with DFS. Like, definitely, if you think you have a good idea of how the game is going to flow for a second half, go ahead and register for one of those tournaments uh, from an in-game showdown standpoint. That's especially good in the, some of those isolated games. But yeah, this this game, I, I don't think I'm actually going to be on because I, we've talked about a lot of the games that I already like. This one, I'm not so sure about. I mean, I'm a little worried about Kyler Murray, particularly against that Dallas defensive line because of what Kyler's shown us over the last three, four, five games. Um, if I were to stack, it would probably be on the Dak Prescott's guide. They do have uh, almost a 29-point total. I would probably do Dak to CeeDee Lamb and probably double stack it, maybe with Dalton Schultz, maybe with Amari Cooper, who's clearly they're, they're concentrating on getting him um, some some more work. We saw that last week as well. Maybe a bring back with Christian Kirk, who should be playing the slot. Uh, Zach Ertz is one of my favorite plays on the slate, to be honest with you, just because of the value you're getting and the fact that I think Kyler Murray is going to have to get the ball out of his hands pretty quickly for obvious reasons. So I will be playing a lot of Ertz, whether I'm stacking this game or not. He's definitely going to be a fundamental piece of my lineups. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think because of Zach Ertz, I actually like stacking the Cowboys side of things and then correlating it with Zach Ertz. I don't know that I want to stack Kyler Murray. Uh, He has a lot of options here to choose from as well. If you were doing it, I think... It would be Kyler, Kirk, and Zach Ertz, and then you bring it back with your choice of a Cowboys receiver. But as of now, if I was stacking this game, I would go Dak, CeeDee Lamb, and Amari Cooper, bring it back with Zach Ertz. Mike, how do you feel about stacking this game? I like the stack a lot, so I I love the Arizona Cardinals this week. I think it's a massive bounce-back spot for them, uh, especially as long as James Conner is back, which it looks like he will be. I I love stacking this game, though. I'm going to have a stack with Kyler Murray, James Conner and Zach Ertz, because that's where I think the majority of the fantasy points, the majority of the offensive output is going to be. Uh, We can mostly guarantee that at worst, it's going to be a competitive game. And at best, they're trailing by 10 points for most of the game, which is absolutely ideal. So I am no longer worried about Kyler Murray uh, and his health. I, I saw a lot of good things in that last game in terms of how he was running the football. I think that that's going to happen again. It's almost back to desperation time for them. It's funny because we, we were talking about running away with the number one overall seed. Now we're almost back to desperation time. Mm-hmm. And I think you see that a little bit in this game. So I love it. Um, it's one of my favorite stacks of the week. I will be on the Kyler Murray side. I will have some Ertz sprinkled in, but I might only have Kyler Murray and James Conner in the same lineup just because I think it's going to be relatively different. Connor is very good at finding the end zone, but he's also going to be heavily involved in the passing game, in my opinion, in this matchup. So I love it a lot. And then on the other side, uh, Amari Cooper is where I would be looking to go. 
So I love CeeDee Lamb. I think he's a great tournament play. My issue with it is, is he's off the field a lot more now because mm-hmm. they are using him in the slot where he's incredibly dangerous, but that limits the number of snaps that he is playing. And maybe that's good for his overall long-term health, obviously, and it's good for his in-game health. But when you're coming to fantasy points and opportunities, uh, I I like Amari Cooper a little more than CeeDee Lamb just because of that role in the slot. Yeah. For Amari Cooper, 11 targets, 7 receptions, 85 yards last week. They, those were all his highest since week 8, and I think it makes sense uh, considering he uh, he recently complained about, about not getting the ball enough. So the squeaky wheel gets the oil there, and uh, yeah, he's uh, considerably cheaper, not considerably, $500 cheaper than CeeDee Lamb in this spot. Mike, you mentioned James Conner. He is 6100 and currently projecting at 1.5% ownership. So, yeah, definitely different. Uh, nice little contrarian spot here for James Conner. See, so, yeah, anything else here? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, so when Mike said about, like, CeeDee Lamb not being on the field in in-game health, that definitely helps. But he's returning punts. He was returning punts last week in, in a game that, like, that wasn't competitive. So, I, like, Mike McCarthy, I, I question him in so many ways. I mean, just some obvious, like, time management stuff that, like, a – I don't want to be too disparaging here, but like most people can figure out, like don't put CD lamb back on punt returns, please. Like just, I'm just asking, I'm actually talking to Mike now, like, please stop doing that. Okay. I'm done. All right. Are we Mike McClure or, or Mike McCarthy? McCarthy. Yeah. I always found it so weird. Like why do teams use their best wide receiver as a punt returner? I, I guess it makes sense. Cause like they're electric with the ball in their hands, but at the same time, like you expose these guys to so much more risk uh, in, in plays like that. So it's, I don't know. I always kind of find it uh, head scratching whenever I see that. The Broncos are at the Chargers. The Chargers are six uh, six and a half point favorites with a 46 point total. Uh, The Broncos called off practice Thursday after five more positive COVID tests. We know that Tim Patrick went on the COVID uh, list earlier this week. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, Bradley Chubb were all limited in practice on Wednesday. And then for the Chargers, nine players on the COVID list, including Chris Harris and safety Nasir Adderley. They could be cleared by Sunday, Mike Williams was actually just activated on Thursday uh, while we're recording this. So Mike Williams will be back here in this spot. Uh, Sia, we'll start with you. Austin Eckler is back, so let's start there. He's 8200 He's the second highest priced running back on the slate. Are you looking to pay up for him in this spot? No, no, I'm not. And, and it's for a couple of reasons. Uh, mainly, I think Justin Jackson will have somewhat of a role here. Uh, and just carve into his carries. And and I just don't really know where this offense is at right now. And now that we have all the receivers appear, they appear all to be healthy. I just, I'm not a hundred percent sure where these points are going to go. So uh, I'm just going to like, if, if Austin Eckler was 6,700 or 7,300, it would probably be a different analysis, but at 8,200, I'm definitely out on that. All right, Mike, how do you feel about the chargers passing attack? Obviously Justin Herbert, came through with a dud of a game last week. It was okay for fantasy, but, you know, I gave my thoughts on Justin Herbert uh, earlier in the week. Uh, Keenan Allen is back. It looks like Mike Williams is back. So, unfortunately, uh, this pushes pushes out our guy, Joshua Palmer. So, the beautiful thing about this is we do have 14 games. Like, on a normal, like, say those some of those 9 and 10 game slates, I'd be very worried about saying, man, I, I don't want any part of this game just because of the upside that those guys provide. But... I can pivot to the Arizona guys who I think are not going to be super popular. So I don't have any interest in this game now that everyone's back. I I like Josh Palmer a lot. If one or both of Guyton and Mike Williams were out, I think he was almost a free square play. 
now we, we don't get the opportunity to do that. So for me, as at this point, I'm completely off of this game. All right, see you. You can wrap us up here with the Broncos side of things. Drew Locke expects to start at quarterback once again. If Tim Patrick is out in this game, that condenses the target share a little bit. So we have Jerry Judy, we have Cortland Sutton, and we have Noah Fant. And then, of course, the running backs are here. They're priced up a little bit. You know, 6400 for Javante, 6200 for Melvin Gordon. We just saw Rex Burkhead run absolutely wild on this Chargers defense. Do you like anything on the Broncos side? You know, I, I like both of the running backs, probably Javante a little bit more. I just wonder if I'm going to get there because I already said pretty much at the top of the show and on Tuesday, there were so many running backs I liked. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, I do kind of like now. David Montgomery, I like. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, Rashad Penny is somebody I'm interested in. Sony Michelle, Daryl Williams. Do I actually get to Javante Williams knowing that he's splitting carries with Melvin Gordon? Probably not. But if you really want to get different, um, there's certainly upside with Javante Williams. We know he could probably spring one or two against this Chargers defense. So I, I guess I'm only moderately interested in him. If, if I'm going to pick a receiver, uh, especially in a negative game script, I think Cortland Sutton at 4,500, knowing that Drew Locke is the quarterback, I, I think at 4,500, that's really interesting. I mean, we know the Chargers are pretty good against the pass, but again, uh, I, I just think in a negative game script, if Tim Patrick is out, you're going to have to force it to Judy and Sutton. And I'll go with the guy, Sutton, who I actually think has a higher ceiling, maybe a lower floor. All right. I just saw this. This was just random news. But uh, Tevin Coleman placed on the reserve COVID list for the Jets. Unfortunately, Michael Carter is going up against the Bucks. It's it's an absolutely brutal matchup. So if it was against anyone else, I might have some interest. But it's just a really, really tough matchup there for Michael Carter. The Texans are at the 49ers. The 49ers are 12.5-point favorites with a 44-point total. And for the Texans, they have seven players on the COVID list, including Chris Moore and David Johnson. And for the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice again Thursday. There were some rumblings that he was starting to feel better. Maybe he has a chance to play in this game. Uh, I don't think so, and I hope not, because Trey Lance is in it infinitely more fun. So, let, yeah, let's get Trey Lance out there. Uh, Elijah Mitchell was limited in practice. Mike, let's assume that Jimmy G is out. Trey Lance is 4,800. He's definitely in consideration for cash lineups. But what about GPPs? Are you looking to play maybe Trey Lance by himself as part of a stack? How are you handling uh, this game in tournaments? Yeah, and I mean, you, you said it. he's easily one of the top options in cash games. So I, again, very transparent. I play five lineups. Two of them are planning to be Trey Lance lineups. One of them in cash games, one of them in tournaments. I don't think I'm going to end up handcuffing him with anyone. I, I think it's going to be just Lance. Now, the only little caveat to that would be in a tournament, I think it makes a ton of sense to pair him with the 49ers defense. 3,800, one of the more expensive defenses on the slate. Uh Basically, you're elevating Lance's price point to a normal price point to, for a quarterback by playing the $3,800 defense instead of the $2,400 defense. Uh, gets you different a little bit. I think some of his success is also going to be correlated to the 49ers defense, putting him in good field positions, not putting him in more difficult spots. So I like that one there. They're on their home field. Um, that's the only real correlated play I'm going to be making with Lance, though. All right, Trey Lance, earlier this season, he made one start for the 49ers. He went 15 for 29 in that game, 192 yards, zero passing touchdowns, one interception. He did rush the ball 16 times for 89 yards, and that's exactly what we're looking for uh, when it comes to Trey Lance. I think his the, his path to you know breaking the slate, I guess, is 
that 100 yard bonus and obviously just rushing for a ton of yards here in the spot. Uh, see, how are you hand, handling the 49ers? Uh, do you want to stack anybody with Trey Lance? How about the running back situation? If Elijah Mitchell is back, he's only 6K over on DraftKings. Yeah, I'll be playing Trey Lance a lot in cash, probably standalone, like Mike suggested. And in tournaments, I'll probably play him with Debo Samuel. Debo is just not going to be super popular because of his price and because of where other people are going. Um, I'm not looking at his initial projection, but when I looked at it a couple hours ago, I don't think I saw him near the top in terms of anywhere between like 12 and 20 percent. So I just I just like that stack because I think Trey Lance, to the extent he's not running and he's passing, it's going to be the short area stuff that we know Debo usually gets. So instead of Kittle, instead of Brandon Ayuk, I think Debo Samuel is the guy. He'll probably get some run as well in terms of some rushing attempts as well even if elijah mitchell is back i'm somewhat interested in elijah mitchell um but again the faith i have in trey lance almost gets me off of elijah mitchell a little bit here so i do like a trey lance stack with debo and a bring back with brandon cooks who is now off the COVID list all righty brandon cooks one, one other thing one other thing and i mentioned this tuesday chris conley as a deep punt play flyer at 3900 we talked about another guy at 3900 earlier in the show nobody's playing chris conley and I just think in a game like this where it's a negative game script and we know Davis Mills can throw the ball and we know the San Francisco secondary is pretty bad. I, I think if it's not Brandon Cooks, you could really just pass the entire field if Conley gets some run here. All right, let's move on to the Lions at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are seven-point favorites with a 42-and-a-half-point total. Uh, for the Lions, they have four players on the COVID list, including Josh Reynolds and Brock Wright. DeAndre Swift has been a full participant in practice both Wednesday and Thursday. Jared Goff, however, did not practice on Thursday. For the Seahawks, did not see their Thursday practice report yet, but uh, DK Metcalf did not practice Wednesday. That's been pretty normal with him dealing with this foot injury all season. And we'll start there with the Seahawks offense. Mike, how do you feel here? Uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. It feels like we've talked about them having upside. And, you know, there's been games where Tyler Lockett goes off. They don't go off together, that's for sure. So do you like any of the Seahawks wide receivers? And if not, maybe are you looking to play uh, Rashad Penny in a good matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think it could be Penny. I think he's an interesting pivot away from some of the other running backs we, we've talked about most of the show. But once again, another game that I'm likely not to get to. Uh, just the issue for me with the Seahawks side is they they run so slow. They run so few plays. Um, if they're not efficient at all and not, they, they're just not really going to get there for you. Once again, the slate is just so big. Like I, I would have interest, a ton of interest, if it was like that f- those four game like holiday or playoff slates. Like I think they'd be one of the best teams to stack. But because there are so many games, I just don't see it getting there. Um, that said, I mean it can. Like Tyler Lockett can break a slate anytime. So I, I'm not going to hate it if you if you want to play him. But there's just no way that I can get there based off of the core plays that I've got in my lineups. All right. See, uh, you've already mentioned earlier that you do like Rashad Penny in this good matchup. He is 6,100 and makes for a good leverage play. I believe he was projecting for right around 6% ownership. Yeah, 6% on the dot. So that's pretty good compared to the other running backs that are in that price range. So nice leverage spot for him. Uh, Talk more about Rashad Penny and maybe DeAndre Swift on the other side. I, I really don't know if they're going to play him yet, but he is only 6K. So if he plays, he's just way, way, way too cheap. 
I suppose, but I, I, I'm not interested in Swift at all. Uh, and, and I wonder if even if he plays, how much is he going to play relative to like Craig Reynolds, Jamal Williams, uh, Igwebuke? I guess he doesn't. He, I'm not really worried about that. The last guy I said, but uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is interesting. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not really going to chase that in this game. It is going to be a slow pace. It's Rashad Penny or nothing. I will be playing some Rashad Penny. I, I agree on the locket thing. He can break any slate. So if you're out there, feel free to throw him in a lineup. I don't think I'm going to get there based on what I've said about other players, but I do like Penny. I don't think 100-plus yards and a touchdown or two was outside of the potential range of outcomes in this particular game against a very bad Detroit run defense. Yeah, Penny finally looks healthy, and he has 130-plus rushing yards and a touchdown in two of his last three games. Really strong matchup here against the Lions. So we know he's not going to catch the ball. That hurts him on DraftKings. You know, Maybe you like him more on FanDuel, where it's half PPR and, and the touchdown matters more. But regardless, I do like Rashad Penny quite a bit myself. The last game on the slate, we have the Panthers at the Saints. The Saints are 6.5-point favorites with a 38.5-point total. And there are 12 players on the COVID list for the Panthers, including Brian Burns and Brandon Zalstra. Uh, Sam Darnold will start in this game. And on the Saints side of things, seven players on the COVID list. Um, Teron Armstead and Traquan Smith did not practice on Thursday. They're not part of that COVID list, but they just didn't practice here uh, on Thursday. Mike, is there anything in this game? Uh, It's a really low total. And uh, Alvin Kamara, he's not running well. Mark Ingram starting to eat into his workload. He's... Alvin Kamara, 7,900. Um, the only thing I kind of like is the Saints defense. They're 3,400, yeah. and they're going up against Sam Darnold. Yeah, the Saints defense is one that I could see myself playing. Uh, I just think it's a great spot. You get a little exposure to indirectly through the correlation to the running game with Kamara. No one's really going to play Kamara enough to like drastically hurt you uh, across the board. So not overly concerned with it, but I, I do like them. Um, likely going to come down to like the 49ers defense is – $400 more uh, against Houston. Houston's put up a lot of yards, a lot of points. Like, I think I'd rather make that leverage play, which correlates well with Trey Lance, who everyone's going to play. So they're in my player pool, but at five lineups, there's almost 0% chance I land on anyone in this game. Okay. The only other player is DJ Moore, who is 5,600, and he has at least seven targets in every game this season. The problem is, Probably going to see Marshawn Lattimore, Sam Darnold's back as his quarterback. I don't know. Does it help him? Yeah. Who knows? See, what do you think about this game? I mean, his catchable targets is like <laughs> less than 50% at this point. It's crazy. So I think I think DJ Moore is interesting. I mean, if you wanted to get super crazy and, and run a skinny stack with DJ Moore on one side and Alvin Kamara on the other side, just knowing that A, they have upside and B, nobody's going to roster them, feel free. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting play. But no, I, I have no interest in in talking about anybody in this game. All right, well, let's get to the Don's sneaky picks. And I mentioned that he eliminated me from our home league uh, season-long fantasy football playoffs. And unsurprisingly, um, you know, he had to talk about that. So here we go, the Don's sneaky picks. Hello, everyone, the Don here. Let's start off with wishing everyone a happy and healthy new year. Just for the record, three out of my six fantasy teams have advanced to the championship round. Last week's picks were terrible. Let's try to get better results with this week's sneaky picks. This week's picks are Dari Ogunbowale and CJ Uzoma. And that's the bottom line because Don said so. 
All right, so he went with some tough pronunciations there. He tried, he tried, but Dario Gumbawale at 5,100 and CJ Uzama, who we've talked about quite a bit uh, and we do like. So if you're looking to spend down at tight end, uh, 3,300, you know, deep down, I, I think he's trying to troll me. I think he's trying to troll me for for eliminating me from the playoffs. And he did, like, we're, he knows that he's giving out DFS picks. Meanwhile, he has to bring up what he does in season long, right? I don't know. Sneaky, sneaky. I think that guy is trying to troll me. Let's wrap up with our week 17 cheat sheet, our favorite value, chalk, contrarian plays, uh, plus our favorite stack. And Sia, we will start with you. Yeah, so I'm cheating a little bit on the value. We like to stay under 5K, but I'm just going to go with Zach Ertz at 5,200 on DraftKings. Uh, again, we talked about the value. Uh, he's going to be popular. He's Last I checked, he's one of two really popular tight ends, or one of three really, but the top two are Zach Ertz and Rob Gronkowski. I believe Goddard was sort of right behind them. So know that he's chalky, but I do think he presents value for your lineups. Uh, speaking of chalk, my chalk play is David Montgomery at 6,500. As I said earlier in the show, I really like him for cash, not so much for tournaments. My contrarian play is Jamar Chase. Listen, this is a high-scoring game. It could be a back and forth, and we know T. Higgins has really gotten the bulk of the, the fantasy points, but that doesn't mean Jamar Chase can't uh, assume that role as well. So not a lot of people playing him so far in terms of the roster projections that I'm seeing, and that's my contrarian play. And my stack play is also a little contrarian in a sense. Instead of Stafford to Cooper Cup, I am just going to say Stafford to Odell Beckham, and it's for two reasons. One is because they're running about the same number of routes, and, and I think they're obviously – it's a concentrated effort to get Odell involved. And by the way, the price saving. So I think Stafford to cup and Odell is a great stack, but I'm just going to change it up a little bit just so that you can save the money and just hope that Odell presents the same amount of value that cup does. So Stafford to Odell, Odell's only 5,700 on DraftKings. Yeah. I like that call uh, with Odell Beckham. He has scored a touchdown in four of his last five games. You're right. The, the Rams are uh, making a concerted effort there to get him in the end zone. Mike, you're up our week 17 cheat sheet. Value play, CJ Uzama, going with the Don here. I like this one a lot, 3,300. Uh, really cheap way to get exposure to that Kansas City-Cincinnati game. Love the way he's been involved. Uh, I do think that the focus is obviously going to be on the three receivers and Mixon out of the backfield. I expect him to have a few big chunk plays over the middle of the field against Kansas City here. For the chalk play, keeping it simple, Antonio Brown, Watch the injury report, but I'm assuming he's active. If he is, he is $2,000 too cheap in this role. Contrarian play, Travis Kelsey coming back off of the COVID list, 7,300. We've seen a lot of love for Mark Andrews for good reason. He's been awesome recently. I think that this is going to be a great spot to buy low on Travis Kelsey in terms of his ownership. Great way to get exposure to that game. And then my stack, I made a last-minute switch. Of course, I had my Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill, which I love. But I'm going with Kyler Murray to one of the running backs. We'll have to monitor who's going to play for sure. But if James Conner is in, I like stacking that there. Or to Chase Edmonds, whoever it looks like is going to be the lead back on Sunday, stack them with Kyler Murray. All right. I, I love that Kelsey call too. Again, like this is such a great matchup and other elite tight ends have absolutely destroyed the Bengals defense. So I'm really with you there on Travis Kelsey. I'll wrap it up here. My value play is Zay Jones. He's 3,900. I don't think he has a huge ceiling or anything, but the targets have been there over the past month or so. We'll see if Darren Waller returns. Obviously that would affect things uh, in the Raiders passing game as well. Chalk play. 
not going to get different here. Not going to get weird. It's uh, Sony Michelle. It's 5,800. It's obvious 20 plus touches in four straight games. He's getting used in the red zone. Uh, obviously, uh, it is a, a good environment here going up against the Baltimore Ravens as well. Contrarian play. I've got two plays here. I do like Rashad Penny quite a bit in that price range. He's 6,100 and Jalen Waddle. At 6,700, they're both projecting for 6% or less ownership as of now. And then my stack, I like this Cowboys and Cardinals game quite a bit. I think we can get some back and forth. Mike, you talked a lot about it. This is a must-win spot for the Cardinals. They try to get back on track. I think that they could push the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, whether or not you want to do Dak to Lamb, that's what I prefer, or Dak to Amari Cooper, or Dak to both of them, and you bring it back with a Kirk or a Ertz or or both of those guys and just completely game stack this one, uh, I don't have a problem with it, but my preferred stack is Dak Prescott to CeeDee Lamb. That's going to do it. We're going to wrap there for Sia and Mike. I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Football Today at DFS. We'll be back again on Tuesday to recap the weekend and take an early look at Week 18 pricing. We will see you then. 